gentlemen boys and girls my name is alan moore and you are listening to capital sports on moscow's capital fm so strap in or strap down folks because we have the very best news views reviews previews and interviews in the world of sports and we are so fortunate tonight to have back in studio double n uh listen march was the last time you were here with us correct yeah exactly it's so, been six months six months i mean we're doing yeah. all our capital sports 2.0 but six months since you've been with us yeah here. yeah it's I good know. to be back oh, i'm telling you something it is very very good right so folks listen what is coming down the line for us tonight well listen we're going to keep an update on scores as the night progress because russia of course are playing at a quarter starting at quarter 10 so double n is going to keep an eye on that for us as well as the other scores around the continent and in north america and uh, listen shortly we're going to go to Andrew Flint to talk about the international break and the absolute hames that is being made of it by COVID because there is so much wrong being done. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a mess, an absolute mess. We're going to discuss that and, um, you know, what, 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 what went wrong with Russia last week and of course his prediction for Russia's game tonight and looking ahead to next weekend's round round 11 of the Russian Football Premier League fixtures. In part two we are going to chat with football expert James Rowe. Of course he's an Arsenal fan so we're going to ask him just did Arsenal win in this football transfer window? What else happened for the English Premier League clubs? And uh, yeah he's just going to give us a rundown on who he thinks are the winners and losers in last week's uh, football transfer window. Uh, as it should I used to say. In part three, we have a genuine Russian pop superstar and 100% football fanatic in studio with us. Discoteca Averias, Alexei Serov. He's going to be with us to talk about his love of football, why he started his own football team, and actually, 
there's some good stories in that as well, especially when teams go to play them because it's uh, carnage. And uh, just what is wrong with Russian football? We're we'll trying to see how we can fix it as well. Andrew Flint might be joining us for that one as well. At 10, the second half of the show, part four, we are going to have our foursome in the fourth with Legal Eagle, Isolde Cody, Andy Mack, Alex B. And of course, Andrew Flint will rejoin us. We're going to talk about having to pay extra to watch sport on TV, especially the recent disgraceful English Premier League rip-off. Um, it just, you know, having to pay £15, well, I mean, what, it's uh, 1,500 rubles? Uh, 1,500 rubles just to watch a game of football is just a disgrace, especially when you're sitting at home. I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense. Um, in the fifth, we have a really, really, really excellent interview with former top British cycling coach Ken Matheson. We spoke a lot about British cycling before. Now we're going to get right under the skin of the, uh, well, beast. Uh, Ken, of course, he had worked with British cycling. He left four years ago and he's going to tell us basically just about British cycling in general. Because this past week we had the latest installment of British cycling's I guess you can call it a horror show. Uh, it was with uh, Dr. Richard Freeman at his medical tribunal um, because he was back in the dock with even more confusing, amusing and, frankly, unbelievable stories about why he ordered Viagra and testosterone and why he doesn't have his medical records anymore. Yeah, would you trust a doctor who says, um, I don't have medical records for what I gave you. I'm sorry, uh, you'll have to think about it um yeah not 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 healthy uh and of course in the sixth we have the big fat filthy quiz with Eastold andy andrew double n alex b peter p and a very special guest now as i said the international window is ongoing lots of games happening games happening tonight a few have just um finished up England uh, overcame, I should say, they overcame Belgium, finally beating them 2-1 at home. Croatia have just beaten Sweden 2-1. Norway giving the Romanians a spanking 4-0 that uh, they won. Uh, Finland beating Bulgaria 2-0 earlier on today. Of course, some uh, local people. Uh, Lithuania 2-2 with Belarusia. Estonia 3-3 with North Macedonia. Armenia... The ball, but the, the Cox's battle 2 2 with Georgia. Um, Republic of Ireland, 10 men. Republic of Ireland drawing 0 0 with Wales. Kazakhstan, 0 0 with Albania. And Bosnia Herzegovina, 0 0 with the Netherlands. That's actually a good result for Bosnia and Herzegovina, who, of course, lost midweek against Northern Ireland on penalties. Right. Um, going to go straight away to Andrew Flint. Finally, we got him on air. Uh, Andrew, I mean, first of all, was that a good win for England tonight? Absolutely. It was a very good win. Um, the performance was not bad. Uh, I know it doesn't sound particularly exciting, but um, one of our favourites on the show, Kyle Walker, had a brilliant game in a, in a slightly odd position in back three. Um, England actually played three right-backs on the pitch. Kieran Trippier um, was involved in the second goal. Um, Mason Mount was lucky, had a deflected goal, but it was you know, it was decent pressure that England put on. And Belgium are the number one ranked side in the world, so to beat them is is a decent achievement. And uh, it was uh, it was a good good performance by England. Okay, um, of course, midweek Russia took on Sweden, um, and what what do you reckon? I mean, was it was it a, a a competent performance from Russia? Because I mean, they didn't really you know get the job done. No, it was it was a bit of a meaningless game all round. Really, the team selection was disappointing. Krumchichesov again, again he goes for his tried and trusted lieutenants, and it, it, it's a bit of a shame because when you've got a friendly like this, I don't think we need three matches in an international break. By the way, but even if you do, given Alexander Sobolev a game off the bench, getting his first goal, 
for, for Russia was, was decent, but Yuri Zhirkov in the side, Fyodor Kudryashov, Sozan Zhanayev, you know, we've got old players here who, they're not going anywhere. They're not going to make more of a career from here on in. So it was disappointing to see the team selection. Um, and Sweden's side wasn't full strength either, so to lose 2-1 at home was, was not, not impressive, really. Um, of course, uh, following on from that, uh, Andrew, we, we, we also have had the issues in terms of players testing positive for COVID from the Russian team. Um, how difficult is that for Russia, especially Mario Fernandez uh, getting, you know, catch, well, at least testing positive or being, you know, we're, we're still trying to find the information on it. Well, it, it is a, a very, very difficult situation to deal with because, um, you know, like we've mentioned on the show before, the different regional health authorities set their own, well, not their own, completely different rules, but it's difficult to know when they come back to the clubs exactly how strict the um, you know the, the lockdown is going to be for those players and for Guilherme uh, going back I think well he shouldn't be in the squad in the first place but in terms of health there's also Francois Camano at Lokomotiv Moscow who's um, tested positive and the Guinea squad who is on international duty with have had a lot of cases so it's just I personally I think it's madness um, international break like this should be kept to an absolute minimum competitive games only these friendlies it's just asking for trouble yeah I mean I, I mean if it was one international friendly and a competitive game I could understand that but there's already two competitive games you know there's two games um, and well spe- exactly and, and speaking about that of course Russia kicking off later on this evening uh, 9.45 our time we'll be covering of course fully well until 11 o'clock here on Capital Sports <laughs> um, listen give, give us your take on it I mean because Russia of course beat Turkey before they, they seem to be a, you know they on paper you'd favour Russia but you never know well on paper you would um, Turkey have never beaten Russia before um, and Russia of course played Turkey in the last edition of the Nations League and beat them home and away but Turkey's squad is a very very dangerous side they they don't do too well on the road and I think I'm right in saying they've only won once against a top 100 ranked side on the road in the last four and a half years but they have some seriously exciting talent we've got um, Cengiz Under the Leicester City wing who's not played a great deal admittedly but uh, Hakan Salhanoglu as well the AC Milan playmaker um, they, they have a lot of talent so Russia should not take this one for granted OK um Give us your take on what do you reckon? What 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 should we be expecting as a final score this evening? Well, I've done reasonably well in my predictions recently, um, in previous weeks on the show. So I do actually think that Russia will edge this one. Um, I mean, the, the the team news that we know who's gone for an experienced defence, Semyonov, Kudryashov, and Zhirkov in the back back four alongside Kalavayev. But the midfield is strong. Zobnin has been on brilliant form. Ostoyev. Um, Anton Miranchuk has played well as well recently in Zubra front so I'm going to go for a 2-1 win for Russia OK um, of course on Tuesday Russia are taking on Hungary they've already beaten Hungary uh, again this year Moscow 9.45 kickoff. Um, would you expect another, another win that Russia will stay unbeaten in this Nations League group? I would. I certainly would. I mean, we've got the 3-1 win away from home under our belt already um, back in September. And Hungary really now, and that's the thing about these uh, Nations League groups, you lose one or two games and that's virtually your hopes over. Uh, 
Now, Hungary only three points behind us, but playing Serbia tonight, I expect them to lose to Serbia. And if they do, um, then the Hungary game is effectively Russia's chance to all but seal the uh, first place in the group. I don't see anything from Hungary, so I think that would be a much more comfortable game, actually. Yeah, I mean, because looking at Serbia, I mean, you know, they, they, you know, after you know, two games, a win and a draw, or sorry, a loss and a draw. I, I expected better from them. I did genuinely think Serbia were going to be a, yeah. a, a team yeah. who could actually, you know, trouble Russia, but obviously not. Um, over overall, Andrew, like looking at the Nations League uh, matches so far, what has what stood out for you? Say, for example, today, uh, which has what has surprised you? Well, actually, I, what I would like to start on with Nations League is the is the opportunities it's giving to the smaller clubs. I, as uh, smaller countries, so um, seeing Georgia um, win this weekend, getting through to the playoff final, playing against Macedonia, that is going to be that's going to be fascinating um, to see how that goes. Um, Bosnia are one of those countries uh, drawing today against the Netherlands. They're one of those countries who really. They, they go up and down. Their results should be much better. And that result, um, their playoff uh, defeat against uh, Northern Ireland was a big, big blow for them. Um, no major shots other than that, really, though. Uh, Croatia beating Sweden, you'd expect, I suppose. Um, Ukraine put up a good fight yesterday against Germany. Um, that was an interesting result because I expected them to cave in. Their coronavirus positive tests have decimated their squad. Half the squad have been called back. So 2-1 um, at home to Germany was not that bad a result for them. That is true. And listen again, you know, Ireland as well, devastated by, by, by COVID uh, absentees as well. Mm. Um, listen, looking ahead to next weekend's Russian Premier League, we're going to have to have a little bit of a nibble on that because, of course, on Saturday, four o'clock Moscow time, Zenit playing. Well, is it Sochi away to their B team, reserve team, they're playing Zenit? Well, let's, <laughs> let's leave that on its own. Uh, at 6.30, of course, in Moscow, we have Mo- uh, Loco against Ufa. Um Loco playing well, uh, players coming back in a bit of form. Would you be expecting Loco to, to get three points from that one? I certainly would. Ufa have been in terrible form. Um, I believe um, uh, Rashid Rachimov has been appointed or is about to be appointed in charge of Ufa. And he's a very, very practical manager. He's ground out results before that, but this is too early for him to have an effect, um, if, if that is confirmed. Um, yes, Loco have been on good enough form, three wins on the trot. I think this is a, a comfortable win for Loco. All right, that is fair enough. Very confident on that. Uh, of course, Saturday night, uh, nine o'clock Moscow time, we have the Moscow Derby. Yet another one. We just seem to have them every single. Actually, <laughs> we've got two this weekend alone. We have Himki, of course, at home against Spartak Moscow. That 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 should be Spartak putting four or five past them, shouldn't it? Oh, really should absolutely. Uh, I mean, this is the this is the beauty of Spartak this season. You you don't exactly know who they're going to play up front, and it's an embarrassment of riches by Russian Premier League terms when you've got Ezekiel Ponte, Jordan Larson, who's been absolutely electric, Alexander Sobolev, who would be have a boost of confidence having scored his first goal for Russia. Um, who of those three? Usually, it will be two of them who would start. Um, yeah, I, I think this should be should be a morale boosting win. Three points will do. But it should be a good three or four at least, I think. Yeah, I was thinking the same because I mean, if you look at it, I mean, it's uh, you know, Spartak are kind of like that that uh, girl that you you meet that sort of like seems lovely on the surface and has all lots and lots of friends, and then all of a sudden <laughs> when you start to date her, her friends say she's insane, she's nuts, go away from me because one day she's nice, the next day she's hor- horrible. <laughs> 
Okay, let's leave Lena to do now this, right? Uh, finally, of course, we have a huge uh, derby, 6.30 on Sunday, Siska and Dinamo. Dinamo, under new ownership on the field, I should say. Uh, what do you reckon? I mean, that's like Siska are, again, they're up and down more times, I won't say than what, but... Uh, <laughs> let's not go down that yeah, road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's leave Andy in his dungeon. Uh, up and down more times than an elevator in a shopping centre. Um... I mean, that's. I, I. I actually think. I think that Dynamo have enough in them to get a win out of this one. Well, it's is this impossible to call? And the, the capricious nature of Moscow's ladies, if we can call the clubs oh, um, female characters in the drama. Let's. Oh, sorry, I will not go down that road. But yes, uh, Dynamo have the potential. But I'm. I just. It's impossible to know where to start with them. Um, they. Uh, Maximilian Philip leaving, I see actually as a positive, although he does have a vast amount of experience. I just think he was never motivated while he was here. So remove him from the equation, get get some of the youngsters in, like uh, Vyacheslav Grudyev had uh, had a decent game against Krasnodar. Um, I think it works better for him. And Moscow Derby, you know, a, a good win against Krasnodar last time out, you never know. Um, so I, I'm expecting both teams to score here. Um, but I'm not sure who... I think Siska should win, but I think both teams will score. Okay, that is good. Listen, Andrew, thank you very, very much. We'll be back, of course, to you in, hopefully, in part four. Uh, well, actually, it should be part three, but maybe part four as well. We'll, we'll drag him in for the foursome. Right, folks, we're going to go out with uh, a, a real tub thumper. This is Chumbawamba and tub thumping. We'll be back after this with James Rowe. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I get no
Universal Commercial. Пока я покупаю билет, ты бежишь за попкорном. Проходим на свои места. Главное не пропустить начало. И вот оно начинается. Ты не слышишь, как суетятся опоздавшие. Потому что большой экран поглотил тебя. Звук завораживает тебя. Ты плачешь, смеешься. Уходишь от погони. Падаешь в пропасть и взлетаешь до небес. Ты забываешь обо всем. Потому что ты в кино. Идем в кино. Okay, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're back, of course, on Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. Folks, we're going to go shortly to James Rowe. But first, before we do, because he's going to set himself up a little bit to pick up on my language on its own, uh, I'm delighted to welcome him to the studio. Uh, he's going to join us more in the third part. But in this part, I just wanted to introduce myself. Alexei Serov, you're very welcome to Capital Sports. <laughs> hello to everybody. Uh, hello, evening. Uh, good evening. And uh, I'm really s- surprised that you invited me to here. Uh, I don't know why, because... No. Uh, <laughs> because you... It, yeah, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm really uh, impressed about this. In the, to everybody, hello. Okay. Yeah. We're going to come back and speak with you just after this okay, interview. No so, problem. But, but thank you for joining us, Alexei. And of course, thanks to Double N, of course, for making this happen. We're going to go straight away to James Rowe, because remember, last week we nailed the transfer window. We nailed it shut, actually. We really got everything right. Um, and I want to ask James Rowe, just who else got it right apart from Capital Sports? James, you're very welcome back onto the show. Um, it's been a while. Indeed, it has. Lovely to speak to you again and um, regards to everybody and uh, I hope everybody in Russia is keeping well. Well, listen, the, the COVID cases are rising, uh, probably as fast as you there in Holland, but uh, we're okay. We're, we're waiting for lockdown again, which you never know. Um, listen, James, before we go any further, um, how, how did you take today's win for England over Belgium? Were you satisfied? Uh, you're pleased. Please, it's always good to win uh, an international football match, uh, even though international football has somewhat slipped down the pecking order in recent years. But, you know, they have the FIFA world, world rankings for a reason. And uh, I think England can take a lot of confidence from the result. Okay, listen, James, before we go um, on to speak about, well, transfer window, of course. Arsenal, how they got on. And also, of course, uh, some of the recent interviews you've been doing. Um, I, I, I saw this thing of radical proposals for the reform of English football could have a damaging impact on the on the game. That's what the Premier League are saying. Just as they go to try and gouge us out. The Premier League want uh, to or are supposed to give £250 million to uh, stave off a financial disaster among the football league clubs, 72 clubs. Um, do you think that the Premier League, it's about time that they start to hand over some money? Um, I think First and foremost, they need to respect the lifeblood of English football. And that is that, like in life, everything is unpredictable. You never know what's going to happen. But the bottom of the pyramid, for example, is has always been as important as the top. If you, if you are a fan of English football and you love English football, you respect uh, teams lower down as much as you do your competitors in the Premier League. I was fortunate during the COVID outbreak to speak to the assistant chief executive of the PFA, Simon Barker, who uh, also plays for Queen's Park Rangers. 
and uh, Port Vale, among others as well, and Blackburn Rovers. And he was telling me when when things were breaking out that the 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 biggest goal is to have at the end of it as many professional clubs in still in existence as possible. And you also must must remember that the PFA is the oldest professional football association in the world, and it has a hundred percent membership of not just professional players and managers, but youth scholars as well. Youth scholarships of um, uh, youth players offered scholarships at clubs. No, well, let's let's let's, and, let's step this back, James. The PFA, of course, are the Professional Footballers Association. Mm. Right. Yes. Yeah. So it, yes. this is the Footballers Union, like like we have here in Russia as well. The well Association of Footballers. Um, so, I mean, that that is a huge voice because if if the Premier League then starts to say we're going to rip off. The, you know, we're going to keep the money for ourselves and good luck to the rest of you. That means mm. this talent, that is, I mean, it's a golden generation coming through in mm. England at the moment. In all fairness, like, let's just call a spade a spade. It's, it's excellent. But without that support, and clubs start going to the wall, first of all, fans are going to lose out. Second of all, footballers are going to lose out. And third of all, mm. football will lose out. Absolutely, I fully agree. You know, I just wanted to elaborate on it, having spoken to someone at that level in terms of the official players' union firsthand, and I just thought it would be relevant to the piece. And I just think, going back to my original point, that the promotion relegation and the fact that every single club can um, can improve. I'll give you an example: Aston Villa stayed up on the last day of the season, and nobody expected Aston Villa to stay up. And they've brought diligently with the likes of Ollie Watkins and Emiliano Martinez, and they look fantastic. They, and they, they absolutely ravaged Liverpool 7 2 at home. Nobody would have thought that was even possible to beat the reigning champions by such a scoreline. But it just goes to show how unpredictable football is that a club who was written off by many that they wouldn't even stay in the Premier League went on to stay up, buy diligently, buy well create a good competitive team and one of their early results of the season is absolutely destroying the reigning English champions. Okay. Um let's 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 you know again I agree with you. we were we were live on there covering that game last week and it was like you know I went I, I went to break it was four two came back from break it was six two um said it's six two I think it could be seven and literally five minutes later it was seven two. So it would again that's that's for me what football should be about I mean that that kind of like equal and ba- equality and balance um, okay let's move let's move on to transfer window um, starting off with Arsenal okay because I think that they, they did quite well I think Everton very well I think West Ham did quite well by holding on to certain players um, who else has uh, won and, aside from Arsenal well I think it's very difficult to say such a thing in terms of uh, of who's won. I mean, as you know, I interview professional players and managers on a regular basis, Alan. And yeah. I speak speci- specifically to young players, young Dutch players that are playing in different leagues around the world and, and British players as well. And especially for young players, the most important thing is that they play. It's the most... You, you take, um, going back to Aston Villa, Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins was highly rated at Brentford, was a real go-getter at Brentford, scoring goals, providing assists, and he's took that to the Premier League. And um, I, I think it's a sign of the times, really, where people seem to think in, in certain fan bases, particularly that of Arsenal, that buying uh, is the only solution. 
and especially the younger Arsenal fans, they appear to judge a player on price tag alone, whereas you need to look at a player's previous. Because having spoken to many professional players and managers at all levels, timing is of utmost importance in football. The timing of arriving at a club, the timing of a new manager coming in. Maybe a new manager will come in and change the position of a player and his career will completely take off. Um, Russian viewers may know about Alexander Butner, who played for Dynamo Moscow, the, uh, yeah. the Dutch left back, the Dutch left back who, um, He's now playing for New England Revolution in the MLS. I spoke to him a couple of months ago, um, Alan, and he first and foremost he told me how he really enjoyed his time at Dynamo Moscow. And he has certainly has no regrets about going to Russia. And it was a wonderful time. But the point I wanted to make was he started life as a central midfielder, uh, Vitessa. And then um, a... Um, a manager called John van der Brom came in, who's currently managing FC Utrecht in the Netherlands, and um, he put him in, in the left-back position, and his career literally took off. So the timing of a, a manager coming in or a player transferring to a club is of paramount importance. And uh, as I say, from my own perspective, having dealing having dealings with professionals on a regular basis, um, I like to look at it that, you know, the transfer window is there for a reason, but it's not the only way to success. There are other more traditional ways that are also as important and can somewhat be overlooked. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's why we have youth setups for like develop from your own academy, your own region. That's a, a sensible. Um, James, listen, um, which clubs do you think come out of this transfer window the best? <sighs> Um, it's difficult to say. It's difficult to say, in all honesty. Um, I'm just. I'm, I think, in an English sense, um, I agree with you. I think. Um, I think. I, I think Everton did really, really well, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on Everton. I really do. You know, to sign a to sign a player of Hamas Rodriguez's quality. Oh yeah, Alan, Alan as well. People yeah. know him. People know him. Know for him from his time at Napoli but he also played more than 100 games with Udinese so it's not just his Napoli days it's also his Udinese days and um, and also the coach as well Carlo Ancelotti you know he was the one who I originally wanted when um, Arsene Wenger announced he was leaving um, Ancelotti people forget the man created a complete dynasty at LAC Milan you know he had them playing some wonderful football um, Champions Leagues and I think you know people like to think about what happened in Istanbul in 2005 but he's still uh, a tremendous uh, tre- tremendous manager who also had a tremendous career for Milan and Roma too Exactly look again this is something I think that you know Everton kind of instead of you know looking again short term or something that you know oh we'll get this you know whatever it may be Pochettino whoever it may be they went for someone who's tried and trusted who can build and that's what he's been mm-hmm. doing. So I listen, I, I, I think you're spot on with that. I think they are a sleeping team. We 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 predicted them to be top four at the end of the season, um mm. but not doing as well as yeah, you know, we, it was kinda of like a I think everything could do well, they could be top four, but with a little like, you know, a sting in a tail. Um Talking about Pochettino, now the kind of push is coming on from the media and Maurizio's friends in the media as well are talking his uh, chances up for going to either Man City or Man United. How likely do you think that's going to be, James? Um, I think Manchester City will be unlikely. I think Manchester United will be more of a um, a possible destination. But um, obviously you can't plan a career 
And I think a lot of football writers and journalists that are at the top end, I think they think that, oh, he's out of work, he can go to that club. But it, sometimes it simply doesn't work like that. You know, I know that Argentina have improved as a national team. And um, I, I know that I think it was Lionel Scaloni, the former player. I don't know if he's still in charge. But um, you wonder if uh, Pochettino would, would, would indulge maybe the Argentinian national team long term rather rather than club, you know, because he's, he's, um, he's managed managerial career, although it's been very good. You know, there's a bit of a difference between Espanyol and uh, Southampton, for example, and Tottenham, for example. You wonder if, if long term, the Argentinian national team job may well interest him. That's it. Listen, that's that's that is that, look. That's left field. But usually, you come to us and say something left field. It actually usually comes through. So I think that's quite an interesting one. Listen, finally, a couple of small things. First of all, uh, I want to ask you just about Arsenal alone. Just can you assess uh, the situation? Because I, I, I read an interview with Arsene Wenger saying about that he he thinks that Arteta can get the best out of Mesut Ozil, for example. Um, didn't say how, but he, he thinks that like you know he can still be a decent player. Um, but in the transfer market, they you know they they strengthened, they did strengthen their side. They did, but if I can give my personal opinion, Alan, which Go is ahead. somewhat contra- controversial, I believe Arsenal missed a trick, and I'll explain the reasons why. Um, we're in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. You've got um, people are struggling, countries are struggling. Um, Arsenal had some very, very good youth players. In particular, Daniel Ballard has already been capped by Northern Ireland. Um, I know Northern Ireland don't have the biggest pool of players to play to choose from, but the fact remains that at the age of 19, he's already been capped by Northern Ireland. He's also captain in Arsenal's under-23s. There's, I saw no reason why Daniel Ballard could not have had a pathway to the first team squad to maybe an, even the starting eleven. Arsenal then chose to um, sign Gabriel from Lille, yeah. and to, to the delight of many Arsenal fans. And I, I tweeted out that Gabriel signs and it blocks the pathway for Daniel Ballard and Mark McGuinness, who's gone on loan to Ipswich. And people were telling me how wonderful Gabriel is. But I said, what about before Lille? And they didn't really understand what I said. I said, before before Lille, he was at Troyes, who are a yo-yo team in France, and Dynamo Zagreb. And then all of a sudden, he's good enough to play for Arsenal. Emil Smith-Rowe. Emil Smith-Rowe, I watched him play European football for Arsenal under Unai Emery against a very physical Sporting Lisbon team. He was attracting interest from um, from Monaco, for example. And uh, again, there's opportunities there. And um, I think the biggest problem for me is, yes, Arsenal have invested, but I don't hear anybody asking the right questions, such as the wages of William Aubameyang, Partey and Ozil for one more season. Um, is that sustainable long term? Bearing in mind, these are not players who are young. These are not players who are going to have a potential resale value, which people seem to be obsessed by in the current day. And um, without Champions League football, which I don't believe Arsenal are going to get, um, are these wages sustainable long term? And it goes back to what I was saying before, Alan, where I've spoken to players where a transfer has made their career 
and literally broke their career. And obviously, my perspective gives me a little bit of an insight, which yeah. other fa- other other normal football fans don't have. But if you listen to players, I remember speaking to um, a Dutch guy called uh, John Verhoek, who's, who went went to forge a really good career in Germany at different clubs in Germany, and um, he transferred from the Netherlands to France to play for Rennes, and he was. Um, he was saying that um, even his first training, the pace was absolutely frenetic, and we're just talking about a ma- we're just talking about a squad training. He arrived and he he, he could cope, but the, the, the difference was that you know he's gone from one country to another, and all he's done is train. And the difference of the how frenetic the training actually is. So I think a lot of people underestimate. Tra- Oh, oh, we have just, uh, James just dropped off. Um, James, we'll try, okay. Um, we will try to, look, we're going to get James back on next week. However, uh, look, we're going to go to the break right now. We'll send a message trying to get James on. And also, he's done some cracking interviews recently. So we're going to get them out on our social media as well. So, uh, we're going to go to the break right now. This is an appropriate song for English football right now. This is Coldplay and Fix You. Back after this with Alexei Serov. Sports with Alan Moore. When you try your best but you don't succeed. When you get what you want but not what you need. When you feel so tired but you can't sleep. Stuck in Come streaming down your face When you lose something you can't replace When you love someone but it goes to waste Could it be
From Monday to Friday at 10 a.m. on Capital. The one and only English speaking station in Moscow. Capital. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You brought down the kind of the the energy level just a little bit because we're we had to do it, you know. And again, we have to try and fix football. That's what we do here in this this show. We fix sports. We've been doing it for ages. Second half of the show, we're going to fix it even more. And shortly, we're going to fix it. Well, actually, in just a moment, we will fix it with uh, Alexei Serov. Uh, but before we go, so to seriously, that, you you are speaking now really seriously without no. Where is the music? Where is the play? Play the music. We will. We'll, we'll play it after this. We will. Uh, trust me. The, the song at this out, I'll say, will be will rock it. Of course, uh, I know Russia are going to kick off in just two minutes' time uh, against Turkey. So remember, Al- Andrew Flint said it would be two one to Russia. So, um, Alexei, welcome once again to the studio. Um, I want to. I just first, I want to ask you, why do you love football? You know, I don't know. Uh, everybody say you the same. I, I don't know f- for what. B- because I was in love uh, in football when I was a kid. I, th- I think uh, it was uh, five or six years. And uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, when I no, when when I was a kid, um, I I want to be a huge soccer play, but. No, I <laughs> I was playing uh, only in my yards, uh, <laughs> yards yep. uh, it's, uh, close to my home, in uh, school, uh, everywhere. But during all my life, uh, football always in my heart, in my soul, with with me always. Uh, this sounds like a song lyric. It's your heart and your soul. Yeah, well, you know, like it's my heart, it's my soul. Oh, yeah, yeah playing the soccer. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> um, and and you know. What what is so good about football? Good, like, yeah. What's so amazing about football? Uh, for as for me, uh, because I am a man, and this uh, I want. You know, it's it's like I I don't know. It's like bi- biological, <laughs> because you have a gate, and you have to uh, uh, kick kick or uh, kick uh, the ball. Yeah, yeah, you have to kick somewhere. Yeah. That's it. I think that's why because men like. Football because they need kick. So it's basically <laughs> like we either kill an animal or we need to. Not animal. I'm I'm talking about woman. It's, oh. it's close. This is like a, a really some some biological. Biological. Yeah, okay. yeah. Psychology. Psychology. Yeah, yeah. It's like a freight. <laughs> if, if if we try to speak about this through the psychology, it's through the freight because some kick, we would say that you have to kick. Kick. Okay. Yeah. So I won't say what he's doing no, with his no, hands. We, in the because we're on the radio. No, yeah, no, no. No, it's yeah. okay. no, listen, we speak about worse things than this. Don't worry no, about no, that. No, no, <laughs> no. I, I don't know worst uh, in English. <laughs> okay, I, I, let's... I, I, even never know in Russia. See, listen, I'm going to speak really... Uh, uh, Politely. 
Uh, yeah, politely words. <laughs> Always, <laughs> you're in my life. <laughs> don't, if if you stick around this show long enough, you'll hear lots of bad words. Don't worry, <laughs> we're, we're terrible. Um, okay, listen. Growing up in Ivanova, yeah. Um, I mean, beautiful town. It's the town of textiles. It's town- like a Las Vegas. If you come in in uh, in Ivanova, you can understand where is the place, really place in Russia, the best place is it's Ivanova. Really? I don't know, because when I uh, go into my uh, motherland, uh, yeah, your, your hometown. Yeah, your yep. hometown, I'm always, I love it. Uh, I, I like my uh, uh, native town because, I don't know, this is like, a, you, you can choose uh, because it's like mama, papa. It's the same. My t- I like uh, textilchik team. Yeah. Yes. I one time I uh, I was uh, uh, I played uh, on the field in no. textilchik one time. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, with my son. The uh, with my son, but he was on the uh, uh, the tribunach. Oh, in the in the in the in the yeah, stand yeah. in but, the stand. But yes. Sir. I I I was playing. Uh, yes. It was textilchik. For me, it's like a. Wembley Stadium. Yeah, it's like for, for us, it's like Wembley. But this, this, I like what you're saying because people don't understand. We heard James in the last segment. He was saying that all local teams, it's like the pride. You love the team, no matter what. That is your team for life. So mm-hmm. if I said to you, "Oh, which team do you like?" You say, "You told me before, Textilchik," and I, I know who. Do, I, I love that. I love. Um, but it's a pity we don't have any a lot of money. <laughs> That's why we need to the second uh, division. <laughs> <laughs> but this is good. This, this, but they weren't always second division. Before they were first. You know, I know it was a time when uh, our main chief uh, uh, trainer. Uh, coach. Coach. Yep. The main coach was Parfionov. Parfionov. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. Uh, and uh, we, uh, we, Kako, uh, one in the uh, second uh, division yeah. uh, we were the first uh, the first in the, the champions of second yeah, division yeah but um somebody uh, told him that y- you have to down because we don't have any money to go to the next step oh no <laughs> if you go to the next step uh, you have a, a lot of uh, budget blah 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 but we don't have any budget because in Ivanova no i don't know we don't have any a lot of money it's a good uh, town, but no any, not a lot of uh, factories uh, and everything like this. Because it was, I mean, I, I, I was first told of Ivanova's the city of the brides. Yeah, brides, yes. Yes. Because of uh, textile, because there textile. were women working there. So. You know, it's it's we uh, it's we are going to the history uh, uh, after the Second War. A lot of uh, men was killed. That's why. Uh, and, uh, a lot of uh, women was in uh, Ivanova. It's, uh-huh. uh, it's around 70% and 30% was men. Now it's Th- that's why a lot of... Uh, now it's uh, equal. Ah, damn. I okay. think equal. <laughs> now it's equal. <laughs> you could have all our listeners outside of Russia go, oh, hold on, seven. Okay. Um, okay, tell me, you set up your own team and I've been following your team yeah, true Instagram, especially today. I have a, even today I had a Kako, trainerovka. Oh, training, training, training today. Yeah. Oh, what's the name of the team? And tell us why? Why did you make a team? Our name, uh, Kako, 
как это не, необычно. Un, un... Not a, not a, it's unusual. <laughs> unusual. <Yeah>. The name <laughs> is Discoteca Mare. <laughs> that, that took a lot of thought. <laughs> yeah. Unusual, yes. Okay. Uh, we, uh, uh, organized? Yeah, we have organized the three years ago. Mm-hmm. And we are really satisfied because in this, uh, this year, uh, we were the second uh, in the championship. It doesn't matter the name of championship. Yeah. For, for us, it doesn't matter. It's, for us, it's good uh, we are playing. But yeah. even in this year, uh, I'm uh, also uh, played in uh, another team. Uh, the name of uh, this team is uh, Rublova. Okay. Uh, I'm a champion. Champion of Adinsovsky Rayon. No way. Adinsov, yeah, but, we but, have a champion. But this is a big. Uh, this is not uh, because now Discoteca Vare is playing uh, with uh, uh, eight people. Ah, eight, eight teams. Eight, 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 eight teams. Eight, yeah. eight teams. Yes, and, and uh, uh, Rublova is playing with uh, is. Like it's the whole region. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like a fifty uh, percent professional in the past. Wow. Yeah, it's really so ex-professional players. Yeah, retired. Yeah. Well, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. retired professional player. He's retired at thirty. Yes. So they're thirty-five. Thirty-five. Yes. Yes. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm close to thirty-five. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were under thirty-five. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He looks young, Dublin. Yeah. 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 So, um, and so. Um, just tell, we always say, and I say to everybody, it's important to play a sport, to enjoy sport. Do you enjoy playing football? Uh, Panrailos football, right? Ah, yes. What uh, the voice for? Yes, I'm always, you know, uh, for me, not only uh, football, for example, uh, I think the first... Uh, on the on, on the first place is already uh, uh, football. Yes. But even uh, football, I have uh, always training, uh, workout. I have a basketball. Ah. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, on my dacha, I have own field. <laughs> you told me that. Yeah, yeah. Soccer field, <laughs> uh, football. Yeah. Yes. I. I'm really satisfied. And, um, you know, I think this is like uh, my dream, uh, my kid's uh, dream. Uh, I, I was a pioneer in, in, uh, when I was a kid. I, um, I was a lot of time in uh, uh, pioneer camps. I, I was playing uh, with another camps uh, through this, our... Oh, the competition vacation. between. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That's why this is with me. During my life, that's why we have organized this team and playing and everything. It's like my, I don't know. Passion. Yeah, because it's the same. It's like for my childhood. Uh, my dacha is like a pioneer camp. It's the same. <laughs> it's like our time. It's like a pioneer camp. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because when, uh, if, if you be, uh, will be in my dacha, it's uh, close to my Varota. Uh, gate. Yeah, uh, close to my gate. You can see the flags. No. Yeah, flags. Flags. Discoteca Varia. Flags. Region of Ivanova. Ivanova region. Russia. Uh, Switzerland and Estonia. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, okay. Be- because my kids uh, live in, uh, is, uh, are living, uh, two kids uh, are living in Estonia and one kid uh, uh, is living in uh, Switzerland. Okay. Oh, no, oh, I like That's that. That's why I have a 
Yeah, you can see it. It's like, a, okay, we're going to the stadium. Oh, yeah, flex. It's okay. <laughs> we can train. <laughs> I lo- I, yeah, I love that. I love, you know, when I was a, a kid, myself and my brother, in our garden, we have a big garden at home in, in Dublin. We made two golf holes because we were playing uh, golf. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And it was that kind of thing where when we played, it was like championship of golf every single time. Like you, you're, yeah, when yeah, you yeah. play in your garden, it's yeah, a World yeah. Cup. Yes. yes. Oh, I love that. Um, listen, let's, let's talk about Russian football, okay? Because uh-huh. um, we discussed this before. Oh, this is a very difficult I question. Know. I yeah, know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. know. It's, it's tough. We can talk about this till uh, morning. Okay, <laughs> but we, we have to leave at 11. So. <laughs> so, um, but what, like, if you could, okay, for example, so you say, listen, uh, the Russian FA says, come on in, uh, Alexei, come on in. How can we fix Russian football? What three things would you do to start to fix Russian football? It's a terrible question. Bad question. But uh, three, three. Three things, yeah. yeah. Three things. Uh, to, to change, to, to, to make it better. To the best. Yes, the, yeah. Okay. I think at first uh, we have uh, created something, uh, the new system with the kids. Yeah. Everywhere, in every... Uh, the, this is the first. Uh, the second one uh, is agent, agents, because they are ruling everything inside this. Not even in coach, no, agents. Yeah, I agree. Because I know everything about this uh, football. That's why agents and money and atkate. Uh, oh, um, oh, basically, kind I don't of know in English. percentage. Percentage. It's kind of bri- okay, bri- bribery. Atkati, atkati. Yeah. Like, atkati. Yeah. Atkati. I like it. Atkati sounds dirty. It sounds dirty in Russian, but in English it does. For us it doesn't matter because we're like balletchiki. Uh, supporters. Yeah, we're yeah. supporters. For us it doesn't matter. If you see the, a lot of money and blah, 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 and dirty speaking about this, for you it, 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 for you, it doesn't matter. For you it's, it's a good play. It's a good players in a good stadium, blah, blah, blah. Okay, this is the second one. And uh, the third, I don't know, this is uh, uh, the good system from, uh, uh, from uh, government, from the... Uh, uh, country, nation. Yeah, from the country, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even uh, the same, it's like a system. In this city, and about kids and blah blah blah. Because, for example, for example, simple. Uh, uh, my uh, older son uh, is living in uh, Switzerland, Basel. And uh, when I came, uh, when come to the, I'm a lot of training in Basel, and through the my training, I can see uh, five or six fields. During my, I don't know. Just go for a 30 run. minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's everywhere. A lot of kids uh, is, uh, are playing there. It, a lot of uh, coaches uh, is playing uh, with uh, kids. It, it's, it's great. But where is it in Russia? No. Somewhere, maybe. Maybe in Luznikak, blah, blah, blah. But... Uh, uh, this is everything for money, for money, for money, for money, 
For example, if you are a coach, you have uh, 10 or 15 people. For coaches, better to train to whom? With, uh, with the kid, with the money. Of course. Not, uh, not talent. Not talent. That's why. And this is. When I was a kid, USSR. Yeah. There is no any money for training. No. First for free. For free, everything. Even soccer, uh, Hockey, everything. Everything, yes. everything yeah. for, for free. Exactly. You, are, you are looking uh, through the street, you can see, okay, this is a uh, uh, soccer. Uh, like section. section. Ah, yeah. For, for example, uh, soccer section. Figure section, every uh, uh, ch chess, chess, yeah. chess uh, and this is for free. You can uh, uh, try. If you can, it's okay. No, okay. I'll try to find another one. Listen, Alexei, thank you so much for that. Look, I'm going to ask you, you will you stay on for a little while extra in the show? You won't yeah, leave yeah. right away. Great, okay. We're going okay. to keep Alexei here because we're going to go out to the break right now. <laughs> Brilliant. We're going to come back with the foursome in the fourth. Uh, we're going to go out with a song that's kind of a bit groovy. We've played it before. It's by a Swedish group. It's a great advertising song. This is The Golden Age by the Asteroids Galaxy Tour. Back with the foursome in the fourth. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. 